I want you to take your Bible and go to a scripture that I don't think I've ever preached from. I want you to stand and I want us to go to Psalms 55. Psalms 55, and I want us to look at verse 12 through verse 14, and I just want to let the Scripture speak to us because that's what changes us anyway. It's not some clever statement that some preacher makes. It's not his uh, personality. It's not his joke. It's not any of that. All that is just to bring you to the Word. It's the Word that changes us. Psalms 55, verse 12, David said this. He said, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou a man mine equal, my God, mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. I want to take a few moments tonight to talk to you about how to handle it when you are betrayed. How do you handle it when you're betrayed? If there's a name that's synonymous with a traitor, it would be a man by the name of Benedict Arnold. And you know, most of us remember Benedict Arnold, and we just say, well, he was just a traitor. He was no good. But this is what may surprise you. Sure, he was the guy that betrayed George Washington in America during the Revolutionary War. But at one time, this man, Benedict Arnold, was a war hero. I started studying about his life, and I found out that his mother died when he was real young. I found out that his dad was actually an alcoholic. And I found out that he was a man who went into the military and served our country during the Revolutionary War that was actually a hero. He realized that George Washington's troops, ladies and gentlemen, didn't have adequate training. So he took of his own resources, of his own resources, and trained American forces. He was severely wounded in the Battle of Quebec, a wound to his leg. Literally, he was in the hospital, military hospital, for over four months. And after the injury, he recovered from the injury. One leg was two inches shorter than the other. He actually was wounded several times, fighting for America because he had a deep love for America. But every time, ladies and gentlemen, they would win a battle, he was always overlooked. And other officers were given the accolades for the success of the battle. One day after a battle, he came home, and he found his young wife dead and realized then it was his responsibility to raise the children. So he desperately needed money. So he made a plan with the British to surrender West Point. And, of course, his plan was found out about. And he became the traitor and eventually started fighting with British troops against America. But Benedict Arnold will always re be remembered is that traitor 
He'll always be remembered. His name is infamous in history. Is that one who betrayed George Washington? Now, here's what I know. I don't know what happens to cause people to be traitors. I don't know what happens to cause people to betray others. But this is what I do know. It hurts when it happens. Because this is what I know. The only person who can betray you, the only person who can betray me, is someone who we deeply love. Because if you don't deeply love them, there's no betrayal. And you know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes that betrayal is a spouse. It's somebody that you love deeply, but they betrayed you. I want to share something with you folks. I think we ought to try our best to save marriages. We ought to do everything we can. We ought to do everything we can to save marriages. But I want to quickly say sometimes divorce happens. Sometimes divorce happens. We're not responsible for somebody else's decision. And sometimes divorce happens. And if we can't save the marriage, for God's sake, we ought to try to save the people. Save the people. They've not committed the unpardonable sin. God forgives all sin. Sometimes the betrayer is your mom or dad. Sometimes people have a life experience that they weren't the favorite child. Sometimes they weren't the child that mom and dad gave all the attention to. It seemed like almost they was less than. Sometimes we're betrayed by a child, a child that we raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and they've grown up to betray us. Sometimes it's a business partner, a friend, a staff member. And see, folks, there's a difference in betrayal and failure. Failure is because of a weakness. Sometimes people fail. They just have a weakness and they just fail. I'm not condoning it, but they have a weakness and they fail. And by the way, it happens to all of us. You know why God uses people that are messed up and have failed? Because there's not any other kind. But see, there's a difference in failure and betrayal because betrayal is intentional. It's premeditated. When a person who's supposed to have your back literally stabs you in the back. And this is what I know. If we don't handle it properly, it will destroy our self-esteem and we'll never deal with people properly again. It happened to King David. King David said in verse 12 and verse 13, he said, I could have handled it if it had been an enemy. And by the way, we don't know who it was. David said, I could have handled it if it had been an enemy. But it was my BFF. It was my best friend. It was somebody that I loved deeply. 
was somebody that I went to church with. It was somebody that I sat on the pew with. It was somebody that we went to lunch after church. It was somebody that was like family. It was like somebody that I thought the world of. That's what he said in verse 12 through verse 14. Now, you got to understand, if you study the Bible, folks, at this time during the history of Israel, the nation was having peace. The nation was having prosperity. But David literally was controlled. The most powerful man in the world was controlled by this person who had betrayed him. I can't get my mind on the nation. I can't get my mind on the agenda. I can't get my mind on anything other than the betrayal of this one man. So, Pastor Benny, how do you handle it? I read, I read this story. It says, uh, Steve lies dying as Jack, his law partner of 40 years, sits at his bedside. Jack... I've got to confess, that's what Steve said as he was dying. I've been going with your wife for many years, and I've been stealing from our law firm for a decade. Relax, says Jack, and don't worry about it. But as you die, no, I put arson in your drink. Well, how do we... How do we handle betrayal? Folks, I don't want to give you any of my teaching or my philosophy. I want to take you straight to the Word of God, and I want to show you how King David handled it when his best friend betrayed him. So you can handle it whether it be your spouse. You can handle it whether it be your partner. You can handle it whether it be your friend you can handle it whether it be the person you've gone to church with. You can handle it whether it be your mom, whether it be your dad, whether it be your child. How do you handle it when somebody betrays you? David tells us, and it's in the Word of God right here. He said, number one, tell your hurt to God. Tell your hurt to God. If you look at verse 1 and 2 of Psalms 55, look what it says. David said, give ear to my prayer, O God. And hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. What, what did David do? Literally, ladies and gentlemen, he was telling God about his hurt. And folks, his hurt was deep because look at verse 6 and 7. Now, now keep in mind, David was king. He lived in the palace. <laughs> he lived in the White House. He lived in Trump Tower. I guess. Lived in something. Very plush. Very nice. He had servants. David wanted something, they got it. Somebody washed David's clothes. David was a king, the most powerful man in the world. But look what he said in verse 7. Oh, that I had wings, or verse 6, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away to be at rest. Lo, then I would wander off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. 
David said, I hurt so bad. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is the guy that killed Goliath. But he said the betrayal is so bad, I'd like to just get away from it all. But I'm going to tell my hurt to God. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon said, no one, is, no one is such a real enemy as a false friend. No one is such a real enemy as a false friend. And you know, folks, I believe David teaches us something that we ought to do when we're hurting. We ought to vent. We ought to vent. That's what David did. He vented to God. I don't believe he ran around telling everybody else, but I believe he vented to God. Barbara and I used to have a dog named Spunky. Spunky was wonderful. That's Spunky right there. Spunky's in dog heaven right now. He's in heaven. And I remember I used to have a hard day, and I'd go home and tell Spunky about my day. And it helped me just to get it off my chest. You say, why did you talk to your dog? Because he wagged his tail and not his tongue. <laughs> Tell your hurt to God. Does Jesus understand? He knew what it was like to have his treasure betray him. He knew what it was like to have one who was supposed to be so close to him come up and place a kiss on him. So when somebody betrays us, we need to tell it to God. I'm convinced many times when we're going through a hard time, the first thing we do is go to the phone. But we don't need to go to the phone. We need to go to the throne. And we need to take it to the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, I'll tell you how to handle it when you get betrayed. Tell you hurt to God. He said, there's a second thing that you can do. He, he said, tune your heart to God. Tune your heart to God. David said, this is what I've realized. When I've been betrayed, I can sit and stew about it, or I can pursue God. I can sit and stew about it, or I can pursue God. Look what he said in verse 16. He said, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord will save me. You know what he said? He said, the Lord's my Savior. And folks, if he's our Savior, he can save us from anything he can save us from anything. He said, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry loud and he shall hear my voice. Oh, folks, he said, he's not only my Savior, <laughs> but he's my listener. He's my listener. There's a verse that blessed me to death. It's in Psalms 116 verses 1 and 2. Look, if you get this down, this is so good. Psalms 116 verse 1 says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. 
Look what verse 2 says. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. You know what it means, folks? I've shared this with you before. But when the Bible says he inclines his ear, it means when you pray, sir. It means when you pray, ma'am, he leans in. <laughs> he leans in. Oh, oh, that's that, that's Benny. I hadn't heard from him a while. And he leans in. That's Sally. I hadn't heard from her a while. And he leans in. Oh, folks, he's my Savior, but he's my listener. But as, but as I go back to Psalms 55, verse 16 through 19, not only is he my Savior, not only is, is, is he my listener, but as I look at Psalms 55, 16 through 19, look what it says in verse 18. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there are many with me. Oh, folks, wait, wait, write this down. He's not only your Savior, he's not only your listener, but he's our deliverer. But 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 he but he doesn't stop there. Look at verse verse 19. It says, God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old. What's it saying? He's the ruler. He sat enthroned from the very beginning. I'll tell you what he is for every one of us. He's our savior, he's our listener. He's our deliverer, but he's our ruler, and he'll take what's bad and make it good. See, what did God say? When you've been betrayed, focus on God. Quit following that person's Twitter feed. Quit following that person on Facebook. Quit focusing on them and start focusing on God. Tell your hurt to God. Tune your heart to God. But then there's a third thing he said. He said, trust your healing to God. Trust your healing to God. Look at verse 20, folks. He had put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his covenant. Wait. You say, Pastor, have you been betrayed? I've pastored for 28 years right here. I've sat all night with people at hospitals. And those very people, some of those people, left the church and will see me in a restaurant and turn their back the other way. And I don't even know why. I know all about betrayal. I know all about it. But this is what I know. God said, it's a good thing. Because God said, I turned the light on. I showed you what they were. I showed you they were a betrayer. And look what verse 21 says. It says, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, 
but war was in his heart. I want you to get this, folks. I want you to understand something. A true friend will never flatter you. A true friend will praise you. Wait. Somebody who will flatter you to your face will not flatter you to your back. If somebody's constantly flattering you to your face, they will not flatter you to your back. But a true friend will praise you to your face and they'll also praise you to your back. And I love what David said in Psalms 55 and 22. He said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So what are you saying, Brother Benny? Here's what I'm saying. It's time to leave behind the person who left you behind. It's time to leave behind the person who left you behind. I love what T.D. Jakes said. T.D. Jakes said, when people can walk away from you, let them walk because your destiny is not tied to the person who left. Glory! <laughs> Let me tell you something. God, you said, oh, pastor, God brought them into my life. The very same God who brings them into your life removes them out of your life. The very same God who brings them into your life moves them out of our lives, and we ought to praise him when he moves them out. And if God moves them out, God's got a better plan in the future. <laughs> Let me give you two more quick points, and I'm almost done. Number four, <laughs> tie your hope to God. Tie your hope to God. Let's look at verse 22 one more time. Look what it says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. What did he say? He said, listen, get up real close. If you live long enough for Jesus, everything and everybody that you put your confidence in will fail you. Because God does not want your confidence to be in any individual. God does not want any individual to be your source. God wants to be your source. God wants to be the one that we're looking to. We shouldn't look to a pastor. We shouldn't look to a person. We shouldn't look to a personality. We ought to look to the Lord Jesus Christ who will never leave us nor forsake us and never let us down. He's the one we need to look to. I'm almost done. Tell your hurt to God. Tune your heart to God. Trust your healing to God. Tie your hope to God. Let me give the last point. 
And this one just comes out of my life. Thank the best of people. Thank the best of people. You know, Mark Twain said this. Mark Twain from Hannibal, Missouri. Mark Twain said, if a cat ever sits on a hot stove, he'll never sit on a hot stove again. But he said, you know, that cat won't sit on a coal stove either. He just don't like stoves. And this is what I've learned, folks. Satan wants to take the betrayal and he wants to change the way you look at life and he wants to change the way you look at people. And sometimes when we go through a hard time, from that point on, we want to keep people at arm's length because we say, Pastor, I never want them to hurt me again. But let me tell you something. You can keep them at arm's length, and they'll never hurt you. But they'll never help you either. And you can never help them. And God still, ladies and gentlemen, God still wants us to see the best in people. God wants to see us to see the best in people no matter what's happened to us, and sometimes that's difficult to do. But it's the perfect will of God. I was coming back from the hospital today, and I said, Matt, did you ever read about Shimei in the Bible? If anybody ever read about Shimei, raise your hand. There's a few of you. David, David's kingdom was overthrown of all people by his son. Sometimes those closest to us hurt us the most. And David's kingdom was overthrown. David basically was ousted as king. And he was walking away from the throne. It must have been a sad day for David. He's just walking away. He's lost his kingship. He's lost his throne. He's walking away. And there's a man named Shimei that starts cursing him. Just cursing him. I mean, can you imagine? David's at a low time anyway. It seems like the devil will always send a Shimei when you're at a low time. When you're at a low time, he'll, the devil will always send a, a Shimei. Is the devil omniscient? No, he's not omniscient, but he watches us. You say, well, how does he know he's, he's not omniscient? How does he know what to tempt us with? Well, when you cut the computer on after your wife goes to bed, he's watching. Whatever you're doing, he's watching. That's what he knows what to tempt you with. He's just watching you. He's not omniscient. He's just watching you. He just watches you. And you reveal the weaknesses. He just watches. And Shimei not only 
curses David, but he starts throwing rocks at him. And he says, David, you are a poor excuse for a king, a man of war. You're getting just what you deserve, David. You took Saul's kingdom. You're getting just what you deserved. Chickens have come home to roost. But David had a man with him. Abishai. And Abishai looked over at David. He said, I'll tell you what, David. Why don't I take the sword and I'll cut his head off? Now listen. If David's name had been Benny, I would have said, finally a loyal friend. <laughs> finally a loyal friend. Somebody who will stand up for me. David said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Put the sword up. Because he said, Perhaps the Lord is allowing this to happen. And he's going to bring good out of it. Perhaps the Lord is allowing this to happen. And he's going to bring good out of it. I don't know what betrayals happen to you, but I'll promise you this, God can bring good out of it. I'll promise you this, God can bring good out of it no matter what's happened to you. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.